coming to you from deep inside the vaults of the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music. Here is Tom Holmes, your curator and guide to vintage electronic music and audio experimentation. This episode, The Theremin, Part 1, From the Beginning to 1970. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the archives. I realized, looking back at the episodes, I'm closing in on episode 90, as it turns out. I never have actually taken a focused look at the history and recordings of the theremin. I'm devoting this particular episode and the next to making up for that. And while I've written extensively in my book about the theremin, its inventor, Leon Theremin, famous players such as Clara Rockmore, Lucy Rosen, and Samuel F. Hoffman, and its technological evolution over the last century, except for a few appearances within other contexts of electronic music, I have never produced a program that was devoted to this important gesture-controlled instrument that in so many ways marked the beginning of electronic music. So with these two episodes, I will provide listeners with some context for how the instrument expanded its influence in all kinds of music, from classical to movie soundtracks to good old rock music, as well as jazz and experimental artists. This podcast is not intended as a thorough history of the theremin itself. There are many excellent resources that provide that, including, well, my own book on the history of electronic music, the Bob Moog Foundation website, Albert Galinsky's wonderful book about Leon Theremin, and the entire Theremin World website that is devoted to everything Theremin. 
I urgently suggest that you consult those resources for more detail on the actual history of the instrument and the people behind it. And there are links in the podcast playlist to get you there. What I intend to do, however, is feature a selectively historic retrospective of original theremin recordings from my archive and trace the theremin models that were used to make them. In part one, I will cover the era of the Leon theremin instrument from 1930 to the mid-1960s, including the RCA theremin that was introduced in 1930. And then the beginning of the Moog theremin era, from around 1960 to 1970. Part two will feature recordings of the theremin from 1970 to the present, mostly using instruments designed by Bob Moog, who single-handedly revived the theremin tradition and the Moog company keeps it alive to this day. The theremin is difficult to play with precision and consistency and requires much practice. One has to literally learn to pluck a series of notes out of thin air with great accuracy. There is little room for error. The most revered thereminist of all time is pioneer Clara Rockmore, who knew the inventor and made the rounds of classical music recitals, playing conventional music on this unconventional instrument. Her selections frequently included adaptations of string parts from works by Rachmaninoff, Sansone, Stravinsky, Ravel, and Tchaikovsky. She once likened playing the theremin to playing an entire string concerto on only one string. Rockmore is lovingly remembered as the greatest master of the instrument, and fortunately, some audio recordings survive of her work. We will hear some recordings of Rockmore that were produced by Bob and Shirley Moog in 1977. Even though I am going to arrange the playlist in chronological order from 1930 to 1970, I will include two of these 1977 Rockmore recordings during my 1930s sequence, because these works really represent examples using Leon Theremin's original instrument. Otherwise, all of the recordings are played in chronological order. Back in the day, while Clara Rockmore was responsible for greatly advancing the artistry of theremin performance, we can thank one of her contemporaries for expanding the original repertoire of the instrument into new musical territory. Lucy Bigelow Rosen, wife of a prominent lawyer, banker, and art patron Walter Rosen, befriended theremin around 1930. Theremin hand-built two instruments just for her, and she took lessons from him. Under his tutelage, she joined Clara Rockmore as one of the most skilled thereminists ever to play the original instrument. She performed many concerts, including one at Carnegie Hall with the Philadelphia Orchestra. I have a special place in my heart for the work of Rosen, and for many years, I provided educational programs about her work at her estate in Katona, New York. Rosen was interested in exploring the new musical possibilities of the theremin. She commissioned several prominent composers, including Boleslav Martinu and Isidore Akron, to write original works for her. These pieces explored the outer ranges of the theremin's pitches, dynamics, and timbres taking them beyond the skills of the average thereminist, which is a tribute to Lucy Rosen's virtuosity on the instrument. 
Rosen only made one professional recording, a song called Gigalette with Elliot Lawrence and his swing orchestra. This left a gap in documentary evidence around her skills at the theremin, until recently. In 2002, while researching at the Rosen Caramore Estate, museum facility manager Bill Bullock mentioned to me that there were several old disc recordings in one of the storage areas. I was asked to take a look at them, and to my surprise and delight, this was a stack of privately made recordings of Rosen playing the theremin. There were 21 recordings on 78 RPM discs that Lucy Rosen had privately made in New York during the 1940s. Most were shellac recordings, but a few used a ready-made blank disc having a thin nitrocellulose lacquer coating that was applied to an aluminum substrate. With Caramore's permission, I undertook the digital restoration of the recordings with the assistance of a recording engineer friend of mine. We carefully prepared and played each disc just once so as not to damage them, transferring the sound to a digital medium. These recordings are now in the possession of the Caramore Estate. The discs represent the only known recordings of Lucy Rosen playing the theremin other than that recording of Gigolette. These recordings appear to consist primarily of practice sessions and rehearsals. At least two of the discs contain orchestral music only. For example, Spellbound, recorded presumably so that Rosen could practice her theremin part in preparation for a concert. With material ranging from her rendition of the popular song Danny Boy to adapted short classics by Grieg, Bizet, and Tchaikovsky, the full extent of her skill is apparent. I've included two of these rehearsal tracks in this podcast. The most impressive is Concerto in F by Mortimer Browning and displays Rosen's most virtuosic theremin techniques. A rapid series of notes played up and down the scale, sharp attacks, glissandi, and wide ranges and amplitude. This very same track was posted to YouTube by thereminist Thorwald Jorgensen around 2010 with some added audio from an interview that Rosen did around the same time. There's a link to that on the podcast playlist website. The other track is a popular song, The Old Refrain by Fritz Kreisler. Both are from about 1940. Later on, in keeping with the chronological order of this episode, you will hear Rosen's only known commercial recording of the theremin, that swing number called Gigalette from 1948 with Elliot Lawrence and his orchestra. Rosen is uncredited, but publicity materials from the time feature photos of Rosen and Elliot Lawrence discussing and collaborating on the recording. Lucy Rosen was no slouch when it came to technical aspects of the instrument either, and kept meticulous notes about its care and maintenance. She was part musician, part technician, and part art patron, one of the first enthusiastic supporters of electronic music. Summing up her sentiments about the theremin for some concert notes, Rosen once wrote, I do not think there is any other instrument so responsive as this to the artist when he has learned to control it, and that must be its eternal fascination. So I will be playing 32 tracks in this episode, plus three more vintage recordings by Zaneda Hannenfeld and Samuel J. Hoffman that you are hearing now in the background. 
Please refer to the playlist for this podcast for the complete details about each track with information about the artists, the recordings, and the theremin model that they used. Not only will we hear several of the very earliest theremin recordings made in 1930 by Zaneda Hannenfeld and Lennington Shewell, but I've also captured the sound from a French Pathé newsreel from 1930 featuring Leon Theremin himself. In addition to Clara Rockmore and Lucy Rosen, we will hear several tracks by Samuel J. Hoffman, some from his more familiar work in the 1940s for films and pop music, but some little-known works by him, including the sound for an audio sermon about capital punishment. I paid the penalty in 1960. We will also hear what is perhaps his last recording, when he did for none other than Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band on their first album in 1967, which was just before Hoffman died. We'll also hear from the late 60s how the theremin was used in other rock bands, including Lothar and the Hand People with a live recording from 1969. They were one of the first to use a Moog Troubadour theremin on record and in concert, which they nicknamed Lothar, along with a Moog Modular Synthesizer. So that's an unusual treat for fans of Moog and both of his theremin and synthesizer instruments. And there are many more interesting and seldom heard recordings of other artists, such as Youssef Latif, one of the first jazz artists to play the theremin, the celebrated jazz harpist Dorothy Ashby, who included a theremin on her album Afro Harping in 1968, the legendary 50-foot hose, the Brazilian pop group Mutantes, and even an alternative rendition of the Barnabas theme from the daytime soap opera Dark Shadows. And with that, let's get started and listen now to this episode called The Theremin, Part 1, on the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes.
listening to The Theremin, Part 1, on the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes.
Watch out! The fiend who walked the West is coming to this theater. He wants to see you. Don't turn your back. The fiend who walked the West is right behind you. Careful, or you'll find a bullet or knife in your back. See that man with a bow and arrow in his hands? Run! It's the fiend who walked the West. He's got murder on his mind. When you come to see the fiend who walked the West, you'll scream. But don't be ashamed. Everyone in the theater will be screaming with you. Stop. Look. Listen. The fiend who walked the West is coming to this theater. And he's looking for you. Talk to strangers when you come to see the fiend who walked the West. The life you save may be your own. Come in and cool off. For when you see the fiend who walked the West, Cold shivers will run up and down your spine. Anyone who isn't scared after seeing the fiend who walked the West is a liar.
house Twelve years of misery Twelve years to face my maker Why can't they hear my plea? Eight different times to kill me Oh, why this agony? I never knew this suffering Could be such cruelty They say a cat has nine lives And there can be no more Then I must have a hundred My knees can pray Thank you. 
Someone else's dream. It's difficult at times to know just who you are. Hard to realize your world from someone else's eyes looks just as sad as sad things look to you. It's a way to fill up 
someone else's history book And today is only yesterday's tomorrow Don't be too sure that things are what they seem Alternatives are hard to find for sorrow So use your head to muffle all your screams Hey! Yeah, today is only yesterday's tomorrow Welcome back from this episode of the Archive of Electronic Music called The Theremin Part 1, a selective history of theremin recordings from 1930 to 1970. This is Tom Holmes. Notes from the program are found on my blog, Noise and Notations, located at tomholmes.com. In the next part, we will explore the modern era of theremin recordings beginning around 1970. If you would like to learn more about the history of electronic music, please read my book, Electronic and Experimental Music, published by Routledge in print or as an ebook. You may also want to read my book about sound art, also available from Routledge. If you enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to explore our library of past episodes. They span many genres, technologies, and artists associated with electronic music from symphonic rock to music for meditation, all inspired by vintage recordings from my archive. And you may also want to check out my blog for the Bob Moog Foundation. So long for now from the Archive of Electronic Music. All of the music heard on this podcast is brought to you from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, a curated collection of vintage recordings. For a complete playlist, go to thehomesarchive.podbean.com. All crackles, surface noise, and other imperfections heard in this podcast are purely intentional. All intro, outro, and other incidental music is by Tom Holmes, unless otherwise noted in the playlist. For notes about this episode, please see the blog Noise and Notations at tomholmes.com. So long from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music.